0: The Dream 3 Podcast, episode 21. Uh, My boy Neil is actually out on vacation this weekend, but I had a guest lined up that I could not pass on, uh, especially with somebody of this caliber in uh, the sport of mixed martial arts and sports cards. We had to get right to him. So uh, without further ado, we have the owner and promoter of Coliseum Combat, an MMA promotion out of Kokomo, Indiana and he is the owner of Slater's Sports Cards and Collectibles in Kokomo, Indiana. I want to welcome Mark Slater to the podcast. Mark, great to see you. Great to have you on, brother. Hey, it's been a minute
1: since I've seen you, so yeah, I'm glad to be a part of this.
0: It has been, and for, um, just a quick little background. I've been going to Mark's shows for well over 10 years now. I even fought on one of his cards Um And then we kind of reconnected at a card show and I was kind of surprised to see you there and then figuring out that, you know, you're deep into sports cards too. So uh, that's a great connection, especially for a lot of people that, you know, as you said, when you reposted the link, like, you know, I can talk to somebody about sports cards now instead of, you know, people looking at me like it's, it's just cardboard. Right. Oh, dude, and
1: my girlfriend, I got buddies, even lifelong friends that just were never into it like I was, and I'm talking to them, and they're being as nice as they can be, and they're nodding, but I can tell they could care less about this card I got in the mail today, but, you know, (laughs) so it's always nice when you run into people that you have other common interests with, and then you find out, like you, that, oh, he's into cards, too, so
0: it's awesome. Absolutely. So, let's start off with the MMA promotion business. Now, um for those of who are listening that don't know your background, first, how did you get into just the sport of mixed martial arts and then how did you become an owner and a promoter of a promotion?
1: Um I mean, I was a fan from the very first one. Uh, me and my dad watched it on the an illegal cable box. Uh and uh we we watched it and not i mean we were just like this can't be legal like these guys are like trying to kill each other we thought we were stumbling onto like a like a pro wrestling thing and it wasn't we're just like this is nuts but we were hooked and we would always go to local shows and then i'd sponsor fighters with like uh, my other business and and uh lo and behold i said that I would fight, and I was like, man, if I train six months, I could fight, and if you say that around guys that fight, they'll take you up on that, so I fought myself, had an opportunity to buy Coliseum Combat, and I did, and the rest is history.
0: That's awesome, and now this is going to be your 57th show coming up this Saturday? It is. It's going to be Coliseum Combat 57, Terry the Brick House versus Aaron Highball is the main event. It's going to be a great main event. Um, if you know anything about uh, regional or local Indiana MMA, Terry the Brick House, he brings the heat, uh, has a nice win over Melvin Gillard in the last year and a half or so. And Aaron Highball has no problem throwing leather either. So it's going to be a great card top to bottom. The one thing about Mark Slater is he makes sure that card is stacked from the first fight all the way to the main event. So if you're in or around Kokomo, Indiana, you need to make your way up to Coliseum Combat. And just for the nostalgia part, I believe this is going to be the final fight at the Kokomo Event Center.
1: It is. Um, <clears throat> for a while. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be commercial space for a while. Um, mm mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not gonna stop doing shows. I just won't be doing them here in my hometown for a minute. Um hopefully that changes. Either something else opens up or somebody builds something. Um, but we're not gonna slow down. I've already got shows booked for twenty twenty two, but yeah, it's sad to leave my hometown. I've kept it here as long as I could and, and uh that's why some of the guys that are fighting on this one, I, I wanted to bring some of the old school guys back and um, give them one last go around in that
0: building. Absolutely. And that, that card has been in that building for a long time. I can remember even, you know, in high school and early in college when me and my buddies would drive up from Indianapolis and go there. And then when I got to compete for you, it was, I believe one of two events that were in the armory, where it was not actually in the event center. So at least I can say that I was on the first card that was never inside the actual Kokomo event center. Yeah, we, we had a
1: few shows there. It was uh, during the time that Ivy tech had owned the building. And then when the Graves family purchased it, that's when we ended up going back. So the, the armory has served its purpose, but we're definitely too big to go back there now. And I mean, there's not, air conditioning you know you're kind of limited on how many shows you can have and um i mean it works but yeah at this point there's no way we can really go back you know take a step back to that so
0: so now let's go into the sports card business um so everybody likes to everybody has a different path on how they uh, got involved with sports cards, either reintroducing themselves later on in life, but where did it first start with you? Like, what is your earliest memories of picking up baseball cards or, or football cards and kind of figuring that out, that this is something that you really enjoyed?
1: Um, I mean, my my parents bought cards for me even before I was a, a coherent being. I mean, I woke up when I was older, they had bought me cards from my birth and just kind of set them back and whatever. So I found all these cards and I thought they were cool. And then lo and behold, I found a Beckett and I seen that there was some of this stuff was actually worth something. So like by the time I was like 12 or 13, I'd set up a little card shows and uh, it was a little side hustle. Well, then yeah, it just from that it kind of kind of grew on me and then by the time I was 15, 16 playing sports, do you know, having other hobbies, you know, finding out about girls and stuff, uh, I sold off a lot of that collection but still had a few pieces. And then, yeah, years later, I started like everybody does, you start wanting to relive your childhood and it's like, "Man, I wish I had never sold that card" and was picking up some of that stuff when the market was real Soft like in the early 2000s and I was like, man, I paid, you know, I sold this in 94 for more than I'm paying right now. You know, it just blew my mind how low some of the cards were. So I bought, you know, just was always picking up stuff when I thought, man, surely this is, I'm not the only person that's going to think this is cool again someday. So, and now I've got
0: this store filled with junk. <laughs> <laughs> so what is kind of your basics let's start with personal collection what is your parameters in your own personal collection who do you collect what sports um typically i'm more of a like
1: old baseball like you'd see me at the shows and i uh, it was weird because i was one of the younger guys in my opinion there and i was the vintage guy to everybody It's was like man that you know, but I, I just like the old junk. Um, the stuff that I kind of hold near and dear is more like the Negro League collection. I, I have a pretty pretty good autograph um, ball card collection of old stuff. But other than that, man, like, I like it, but I'll sell just about anything. There's not mm-hmm. too much stuff unless it was given to me as a gift or, you know, I mean, there's some story... I, I've always just been, I guess one of those dirty flippers, you know, I mean, if I, if somebody liked it more than me, I would sell it. And then in the hopes mm-hmm. I would find it again, you know, or, or be able to replace it on down the road. So, um, there's not too many things that I like collect that I just won't come off of. If you came in here, pretty much everything's for sale within a couple items. you know.
0: But. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody kind of has that. Um, sometimes people have like one or two things or people that, and me and Neil have talked about this in earlier podcasts. Like for me, like I love boxing, and I will buy. I have Muhammad Ali cards for days, and I have an Ali Auto, a Frazier Auto, um, uh, a Larry Holmes, and a Ken Norton Auto, and I'll never get rid of those because that's kind of, you know, I don't care how much I pay for it. It's it's priceless to me. So sure. selling stuff like that off is, uh, you know what if there is somebody that might, you know, really, really wants it and and it's more enjoyable to them, but it's got to kind of like outweigh how much I love it. And my love for Muhammad Ali to have his auto that's pre Parkinson's era where it's fully scripted out to me, that's, it's, it's very rare and hard to find. And you know, that's just, Ali's my guy and kind of how I based a lot of my, uh, my life and my training stuff around and, um, so that to me is my PC that I won't get rid of, but like you, you know, especially when, when the market started to take off in 19, uh, Hey, you, if I had a card, I'd flip it. I, if I could buy it for 25 cents and sell it for a dollar, I would. Right.
1: And like I said, there's items that have been gifted to me. There's stuff like that. A lot of that stuff isn't the monetary, you know what I mean? There isn't necessarily a monetary, it's sentimental. I'm never going to sell it. If somebody asks me, you know, it's not for sale. A whole lot, uh, lot of things I have has like a, something that I don't necessarily want to part with. I'll put a price out there. 1968 Tom Seaver. Every time I get one, I say I'm never going to sell it. And every time mm-hmm. I put it in a case, because it's one of those cards that catches eyes. I'll try to price it so high that surely this guy isn't going to buy. And they do it every time. Like right now, I do, out of all these cars, I'll have a 68 siever. And I always want to have one. And I don't. And it's like every time I get one, I always say, I'm going to keep this one. And then right now, I don't have one. So like the boxing, I, like right now, I'm putting together the 51 ringside set, the mm-hmm. top Ringside. So I'm not selling any of those. When I get doubles, I give one to my son. But I think when I finally get it and put it together, I'll probably sell the whole set. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. right now, that's something that I'm like just trying to... There's 96 cards. That's not too crazy to me to do. Some of them I got are graded. Some aren't. But it's just something like once I finally put that set together, I'll probably sell it all. Kind of like my Negro League stuff. Like if I sell a piece of it, it's because somebody really deserved it. Otherwise, I don't sell it. And I think on down the road... It'll be worth more, even if it's not monetarily, it'll be worth more historically to sell it or get rid of it as a collection. You know what I mean? I think somebody would appreciate it as like its entirety.
0: I think that's a great idea because when we were at the National at Chicago this year, um, there was a couple tables. One guy had the complete 52 tops set, all graded out, including the mantle. Um, so I think that's a great idea of collecting the entire series and then, you know, saving it down the line. Because as we know, somebody's always looking for the same thing you are and build, trying to build that set. So if somebody can can purchase it as an entire group, it's a great idea looking forward down the line. Now I know you're a big vintage guy. You know, vintage baseball. You had a ton of vintage football that I loved looking at is there any of the new products that kind of catch your eye that you either enjoy looking at that you enjoy ripping? So, you know, whether, whatever sport it is, but kind of like the newer style products, let's say 2018 to present, is there anything that you really like?
1: Um, I liked all the, the newer top stuff and, but I don't, this sounds silly, but I, I'm just not that knowledgeable on it, which I've, I'm obviously learning, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I always joke with everybody. It's like, I can't just sell snakes and sparklers just because I like snakes and sparklers, you know, but, uh, there's so many variations. I know I'm probably not the only old guy that says this, but like, if you look at a 68 tops, they had one card, you know what I mean? So there's a lot less to, to know and to remember. And now there's like so many variations and I'm just that guy that's always thinking I'm either going to like sell a card that's worth, a hundred bucks for five, because I didn't know this one was numbered of 10 or, you know what I mean? So I'm slowly starting to catch on to it, but like, yeah, I just started getting into like the newer stuff in the last couple of years. And it's just been me finding out in the wild, tearing out packs and like, Oh, I know. You know I recognize this name kind of, you know, so uh, I've got a case in here, some, what I call new shiny baseball and I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's all raw. Like I'm still that guy. I still haven't really submitted much to get graded, but yeah. I think I got some pretty good stuff that I've been able to pluck out of out of packs.
0: No, I I totally agree with you, especially um cuz the way I kind of got back into it, my thought was, you know, I had a bunch of of 90s cards that, you know, people refer to as the junk wax era. So, But to me, these are the players that I grew up watching and loving, so it's cool to me. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to look up and find these guys' addresses, send them the card uh, with the returns, and hopefully they autograph them. And lo and behold, a lot of them have. But then like, if you are trying to make a business out of it and you realize that most top-tier collectors don't collect stuff like that, and now I have to try to figure out Like you said, these variations, these short prints, these numbered cards and, you know, what card is worth more than this? I might have it in the dollar box when, like you said, it might be worth a hundred dollars. So you're absolutely right. This game is not just, you know, rip a card, sell a card. There's a lot of homework and a lot of staying on top of not only sports, but the market itself, because it's ever changing, just like the stock market
1: right with the newer stuff and like i said the older guys like especially now a lot of them are gone you know and so they're not going to have any um scandals anymore you know what i mean they're not Mm going to get hurt and their careers cut short so like a lot of that you know that new stuff obviously it's still speculative and You don't know if this guy's going to get hurt or be caught in an elevator beating his girlfriend or, you know what I mean? And they can be the greatest player in the world. You've got all this money invested. Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck, I have a buddy that has an Andrew Luck tattoo on him. You know what I mean? Like he did. I mean, he thought he was going to be the savior of the Colts. Like he's got this huge tattoo, Andrew Luck, you know, and it's like, he never materialized, And there's a lot of people that have spent a ton of money on having them sign helmets. And, and you know, I mean, now you can't give this stuff away. I mean, you know, within reason. And it's like a lot of that, it's like that's why I always stuck to the old stuff. And, you know, now I got to learn some of it. And basketball. I've sold all my basketball collection two times, like, to one guy. It's like, dude, just take it all. I don't want to. I can't keep up with it all and this was me going to the, you know the shows and stuff well now i've got to have basketball it's a shop you know and you have mm-hmm. seen what i just recently picked up in a in a collection of totes i got you know so i filled up a case really quick of you know pretty decent basketball but it's like there's so much of it to try to keep up with all the time to where i was all you know here, just take all this stuff and get it out of my hair. You know, I can't keep up with all the, all the different stuff, but now I got a little bit more room to stretch out. It's not all hidden in my house and storage units and everywhere else. I mean, the, the store itself, like counting everything, uh, the big room's about 2,700 square foot. So that's where I can host like a monthly show here. Um, and it's right on 931 you're kind of familiar with Kokomo so it's on the main drag right here where everybody drives by so this uh i got a little more room now i can i can buy baseball and basketball and the new stuff and have a case for the shiny stuff and it, and it feels nice to be able to stretch out a little bit and actually be able to look at some of my stuff
0: <laughs> so kind of getting into your shop i mean you're a brand new brick and mortar shop owner <clears throat> Uh, four cards so kind of what is the thought process about through that like was it more of well i could host my own shows here um are you trying to build a community in northern or north central indiana i'm trying to pull some of those fort wayne guys those muncie guys so kind of take us in depth of, you know, the thoughts of you instead of being kind of like an online seller, like myself is, and a, like a lot of the people that follow us are, but to have a real brick and mortar shop that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard job to run. No, I, I,
1: I'm older, I'm getting older. I mean, this is like what I consider almost my retirement gig. It also houses the, my office for the fight. So it's got Um, You know, multi-purpose building. Uh, My daughter has a little storefront in here also. And then it's attached to where I have the after parties. So my landlord's awesome. And, I mean, we got parking for days. And it's, this was how I could sell it to my girlfriend. Was by telling her, like, I think that the show would be successful enough. There isn't one really around here. There's a small one in Marion at a fairgrounds. Um, Beach Grove and Patrick's, which I'm going to work with him to where we're not stepping on toes. And then like you said, you got Fort Wayne. Um, Warsaw has a little show every so often. There isn't anything around here. And if I'm losing my fights, well, then I got to yep. invent some reason for people to come to Kokomo. So mm-hmm. um, if the fights are going to Lafayette and Mariville then I'm going to bring a card show to Kokomo and the shop, I my girlfriend wasn't going to let me just have a little shop paying, you know, however much rent, sitting in downtown Kokomo. But this made sense because I could do the show to help offset the rent and it's big enough and I could have my office here, my dog. You know what I mean it?
0: Once Absolutely. she's seen
1: the totality of the building and the way it's set up, she's like, I could see this being successful. You know what I mean? Because it's a little bit yeah, it's a brick and mortar card shop. That's what I want to have here. It's what I'll be doing, hanging out. But I can also go in there and do fight stuff when it's slow. I can also, my daughter will be hanging out with me. That's awesome. So, um, and the location of it, I think, will be a a big advantage.
0: I think, and and to kind of echoing your point, I see a lot of. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a traditional card shop. Like when I think of card shops, I think of, you know, uh, Indie ball exchange or card collector Twos. your, yours can be a multi-purpose shop where not only, you know, like you said, you can come in, you can buy cards, look at cards, but you have a good opportunity to bring in, let's say fighters like a Mark Coleman, or, you know, you have, I'm sure you have a Rolodex worth of UFC guys to come in and have an autograph session that helps drive that business to Kokomo. And so even if the fights aren't there, you know, like you said, there's another reason to come to Kokomo.
1: Right. And we did that, um, with, at the last fights, we had Coleman and Angel Freddy, and they were there signing both nights. I had that two day show. So I was trying to figure out a way to get people there both nights and it worked out well. And it was, I already had this kind of in the works Mm-hmm. So it was like, this would be ideal, you know. And there's some Kokomo guys or some indie guys that have made it, you know, even if they're not the biggest stars, they would still love to come here and sign. Absolutely. Um, Cliff Livingston, he played with Jordan, you know, played with the Bulls. He's a coach here for the Kokomo Bobcats, like a um, prospect, semi pro like type basketball league. But I mean, he would love to come here and sign, promote their team, you know, I mean, the local team. So I mean there's guys that are right here in this this community that I think would even be draws for autographs that if you brought them in here then you bring a Mark Coleman or a Matt Metrione, Lytle, one of those guys. So that way everybody's happy. You got somebody from basketball, you got yeah. I think it yeah, it would work. And the way that this place once you get up here and check it out and see the whole layout, I think you'll be like, Oh, now I get what you're saying. Like this is you know, it's a good spot.
0: It's definitely kind of like you know you're like my office is my card shop which what better you know what better day job to have than hanging out with something that you enjoy doing I think you know like they say is if I enjoy doing what I do i've I've never worked and if you're you know putting fights together and hanging around sports cards all day I don't see anything wrong with that I'm putting a pool table in
1: <laughs> so I, and I was like, man, when it's slow, I can go over there and shoot pool. I mean, you know, it's
0: perfect. You already got the TV hung up. We're gonna get the pool table. Uh, slowly but surely, building. I gotta the hide the
1: cables, but yeah. It, uh,
0: <laughs> so, what's your thought process in? Because I, you know, you messaged me about the lot that you obtained. So, to continue to make uh, your business thrive and continue bringing products in. Are you uh, are you trying to like buy old school lots? Are you trying to get your hands on newer products, a little bit of both? Like what's your what's your thought process on making sure that your store stays stocked up?
1: Um, I'm definitely going to have retail product like new product here. But like I just had a guy come and do all the windows with vinyl and stuff. And it says, you know, Slater Sports Cards, buy, sell, trade. I haven't even opened open yet. And I've had people wheeling in totes of stuff like, hey, do you buy cards? Yeah, you know, and so being where we're at, like, I'm literally on the same road as the event center, that main road that runs through town. So, I mean, that's a lot of cars that pass by here every day that's going to see that not only do I sell cards, but I buy cards. So... I'm really excited to see some of the stuff that does come through here. You know what I mean? People clearing out. I know I'll see a lot of 1988 Donruss. I already know. And I'll be as nice as I can (laughs) when I tell those people there's not a whole lot of value there. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams. But I'm also hoping being right here and somebody will come in with some 65 you know, tops that are look amazing and that they were their dads and they're just trying to get rid of them. And I'll give them, you know, what I think's a fair price to, you know, here's what they're worth. Here's what they're worth to me. And you get that now and you don't have to sell them on eBay or on marketplace. So
0: Or somebody that drops off a nice tote full of basketball and you send <laughs> me pictures of what you, what you got. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And, but dude,
1: I had no idea. Like that was, it was the second day before I hit, like, the LeBron and and all those rookies and those, because all the other stuff was all 90s. Mm-hmm. So everything was 90s. So I hit all those Jordans. I mean, there's a ton of, you've seen, there's a ton of stuff. But it was a lot of $5 cards, $3 cards. Once I hit the Kobe rookies, you know, then you got into the LeBron, the Carmelo, the Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade's That's like, when, yeah, it was like, uh-oh, you know. I did good. You know, yeah. I, but that's, I've been doing that a long time and mm-hmm. I try to look, pick out what I think's a handful of stuff to where I, I'm going to get that out of this too. And the rest I am taking a gamble on. Cause nobody's going to sit here while I goes 12 hours going through this stuff. And they were going to take it to the dump. They literally were like, yeah, we'll probably just take it to the dump. And I was like, no. And I found enough to where I was like, Hey, I'll, Offer you this much. So they were more than happy to take it. And then 12 hours later, after (coughs) digging, it's
0: like, oh my gosh, look, there it is. There's the good one. I think it's one of those things, like you said, you know, I might have to take a gamble if I see enough good. My thought process is hey, if I see, you know, a couple that are good, the rest can be 25 cent, 50 cent dollar (laughs) box cards. Even if it's, you know, just a handful of $5 cards, you know, after a while, I'm going to make my money back doing that. And that's kind of somebody's process of, of going, you know, building up that way where, you know, a lot of the newer style card guys are trying to do the breaker route where they're online, you know, breaking the cards. You know, I, I know guys who are younger than me who are spending $60,000 a month and buying boxes cards card break online. And I'm, I've, went down that road. Me and Neil both went down that breaker route. And, you know, to me, it just, it sitting on the internet, waiting for somebody to buy a box of cards. I would much rather just want to open the boxes. Like I don't have the, the patience or the, uh, I, I just, I see a box of cards. and I just, I want to open it. I either open
1: it or I can just sit it back forever. It's one that, but I've never been, <clears throat> I'm old school guy. Like, I don't know. I don't want to, I didn't want to be that guy to let me go and, you know, rampage all the targets and then upcharge, you know what I mean? Like just wasn't, I I just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Like to me, it wasn't ever going to be sustainable. And then like the other day when I went to Walmart and all the stock, the shelves are stocked. It's like, all right, now that's kind of cool. Now people aren't going to be killing each other at Target. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that was my only thing. Once it got to that point, like where you could, like, it's like, man, I'll just if I find it, I'm just going to buy it in the wild and open it just to piss everybody off and yeah. hope I hit a bunch of good stuff so I can show everybody. And so that's that's what I did. It was Agreed. Just and- the stuff- yeah.
0: stuff. It was weird that that market and I know exactly what you're talking about, that market spikes so hard that, you know, everybody was on this retail craze of just, you know, you'd get to Walmart at five o'clock in the morning, hopefully it's restocked and try to buy everything and then upcharge at 70, 80%. And, you know, it worked for about a year and then People are getting tired of it, but that's how the market works. I mean, it corrects itself over time. And I think right. we, finally, we finally got our way out of that.
1: Right. And it. I mean, I'm old enough. I'm like a dad. I remember Zuzu pets and that's what I kept calling it. Like my daughter had to have Zuzu pets one year and her birthday was in October. Christmas is in December. You couldn't buy them anywhere. So you had to pay eBay prices. And then after December, man, you could get them at Walgreens for like five bucks. But dad had to spend all this crazy, you know what I mean? And that's all it reminded me of. So it pissed me off from the get-go because I'm like, this is like Cabbage Patch Kids and Zuzu Babies. Like these guys are making it, you know what I mean? So I just decided I wasn't going to contribute. I Mm wouldn't. If I found some in the wild, I would buy them. But I would open every single pack, like a little kid. Oh yeah, I did. Oh yeah,
0: when uh, nineteen (laughs) twenty basketball was the big thing, everybody's chasing Zion and Jaw. I found brand new stocked Walmart in Brownsburg. I bought everything, and I opened every single pack. Now looking back at it, if I still had those boxes, it's like (laughs) forty grand worth of stuff. But I opened every single pack, and I still got tons of the cards in the closet. My very very first hustle. <clears throat> ever, ever,
1: was I'd go to Cincinnati as a kid, and I'd stay with my family. My parents would give me a bunch of money. My aunt and uncle, my cousins, they wouldn't let me spend any of it. So right before I'd leave, they'd ask me what I'd want to do. I'd go to the card shop. In Cincinnati, I could buy old packs. I'd bring them back to Indiana, and I would set up at a card show, and I'd sell like 85 tops packs and like 87, 88, 89 and I would charge, I was getting them 33 cents a pack and buying cases of them, bringing them back. So I'm a dollar a pack because by then you had the Martin McGuire Olympic card, you had the Roger Clemens. So it was like a lottery. And I'd put, a, I mean, I was a kid, I was like 13, and I'd write the Beckett price on all those like hot rookies and Kirby Puckett, you know, the, and, uh, put it by that pack and i'd set up these shows and guys would just come and buy those packs all day long at a dollar a pack and then i'd pull another box out and i'd sit it and i came home and i had all this money my parents thought i was like selling drugs or robbing people they didn't know what the hell was going on i was like no those are those baseball cards i've had sitting in that box for a year and a half they're like you're nuts but good on you you know what i mean like but I did I mean it was like no I'll just hold on to these see what and it worked and that was my first little side hustle into cards was like and then I could buy old stuff as a little kid so I, that's how I got my 62 Maris and and my 65 Kofax. was by selling you know a couple year old wax packs to guys at shows for a dollar a pack after I bought them in Cincinnati for 33 cents the summer before and that that was what started it all i seen i guess that's what made me a shitball person i seen money in it at a very young age and i'm like
0: this is you know what i mean like this is awesome so uh, i think and you see especially at card shows nowadays you see kids you know seven eight nine years old who come in trying to hustle some cards you know I did a deal with one kid who, Hey, will you buy this for me? And I was like, what do you want for it? 20 bucks. I right, sure I'll buy it from, I just bought it for $5 over there. And I'll be like, you know what? I respect the hustle. My man, right. I'll, I'll, right. I, I I'm the same way. I, I respect it. Yeah. But that's what got me like
1: really hooked on it as a kid. And then uh, when I was like 15, I sold a bunch of it and I bought DJing equipment and then I DJed all, I swear. And then I DJ through high school. And that was my, you know, how I made money. And then later on, when I got older and I was working at Chrysler, I'd go to card shows. It's like in the early 2000s, 2003, four, where, I mean, I was going and buying stuff I'd sold in the nineties for like a hundred bucks and buying an old vintage for like $24. I can remember the 68 Siever. I'd bought one back for like $28 at a show. And I could not believe you know what I mean how low the market had, even on old vintage, like it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I every now and again I'd go to a show with a buddy and just buy some stuff and hide it back and then it became this. Like it kind of overtook everything. So
0: So especially with your old vintage, and I know you're you're just now kind of jumping back into the game. Do you have any thoughts on any of the vintage cards that you have that you think you would want to grade? Um, no, cause I can't see very well. Like, ah.
1: and, um, so stuff that I think would be awesome. I'm afraid I'd send it in and be so disappointed. I'd want to kill somebody. So I have a buddy that has like one of those, like, I mean, it's essentially like a microscope that they look at, like they have a PSA. Mm-hmm. He's way into it. So if there was something that I thought maybe, but I'm more of the guy that like, if you do that good on you you know what i mean cuz i've already made my money on it so if somebody else wants to buy it for me and think that they really got over on me and they 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 submit it they pay for it um, you know and they turn out much better than i did then that's great like but yeah i just uh, i'm more of just the old junk raw i've got some stuff that that's uh, slabbed as you kids call it um but it's stuff that I acquired already like that I mean mm-hmm. I haven't really submitted stuff so yeah.
0: well I feel I I think you know besides the the number evaluation for like let's say a p a PSA or a Bgs card um I personally especially if it's a card I like even if I go to a cheaper grading company just to get it slabbed and keep it protected I enjoy doing that like I was able to pick up at a local, uh flea market this nice uh 54 hank aaron and uh this bob clemente which you know they're oc the backs are ripped off and stuff like that but i'm gonna send them to sgc because for 30 bucks i don't care if they get a one right but now for third
1: right And that's a totally different scenario, too. Like, there's some stuff in here that I have buddies of mine that keep insisting I need to submit, you know what I mean? And even some of that basketball, they're like, no, dude, submit some. And, and, well, I think you even said I ought to submit some of it. Um, But I had, when I was, this would have been mid-2000s, probably early 2000s. I went to a show, I don't remember. It was one of the companies that isn't around anymore, but they were bought up. Like it was a reputable one. But me and my buddy took some stuff there. In my opinion, this stuff was going to come back at 10 because I'd never messed with it since I bought it. You know, well, like you just said, I didn't really take in consideration the surface and the off center and whatever. In my mind, it's meant because it came from the factory. You know, and so the stuff I submitted, I was so disappointed in. My buddy found out his like holy grail card that he had like treasured was fake. It was a Babe Ruth. It came back counterfeit. And back then, this was years and years ago, but he had traded two Jordan rookies. Like oh. he had literally traded two real Jordan rookies way back in the day. Not currently, you know what I mean? But way, way back in the day for this. And this was like his you know, holy grail. So he took it there to get it graded and it came back counterfeit. The stuff I submitted came back as like eights and eight fives. I was like, I'll never do it again. (laughs) And I have a couple of times, but like I said, it just, I, I always feel like I'm disappointed in it. And now I think that some of the stuff look better to where I think I could have done better off selling it raw and somebody taking a chance, either just wanting it as a collector or, they think that it's worth submitting you know what i mean but mm-hmm. i guess i'm just not that knowledgeable on what a gem mint 10 looks like so no
0: but i think that's a great point because you know before the market got super crazy hot again and psa cards were 15 bucks to grade instead of 100 you know we send sent in everything you know hoping we get 10s 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 now you know let's say two years removed now and and i feel like i'm a little so you were
1: the guys that caused all this
0: no i've seen some cards that got sent in there that i'm thinking those are the people that caused all this at least my stuff was current not you know cabbage patch kids of 1940 something but but i think the way i look at things now and a good motto that i have is Buy the card for the card, not for the grade. So, if it's a card that I really want, I could care less what the PSA or whatever grade it is. I just want to have that card in my collection. Um, I think a good uh, oh, I have a uh, like a Peyton Manning, like gold one of his rookie years. I think it's like a six, a six or a five. You know, I'm not paying $3,500 for a 10, but you know, 50 bucks for, for a five. Yeah. I'm in just a, it's a Peyton rookie, like, you know, it's something that I cherish that I'm close to, but something that, you know, I'd, I could care less if I sell it for more. It's just something nice to have.
1: All right, And I, I've gotten stuff like I have a, it's like a 2017 um Giannis and, uh but it came with a Johnny bench. That was like a 2.5 graded, you know, but, it was, it made sense because the guy was going to give me a deal if I bought multiple things. And it's like, somebody's going to want that Giannis card, you know what I mean? And it's PSA graded, it's a nine, it's a numbered card of like 250. It's not a high end card by any means, but it makes it easier to sell with it already being PSA graded, you know what I mean? Somebody comes in here to the shop, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So I shouldn't say I don't have anything, you know, any graded stuff. I have quite a bit here, but it wasn't me that personally submitted it. You know, I, I bought it after it was already all prettied up and slabbed and, you know, somebody wanted to sell some stuff. So
0: Now, especially being a MMA promoter and the UFC signing an exclusive deal with Panini, have you got a chance to open very much, you know, Panini Prism or Select or even Immaculate just came out?
1: I don't know what it was that I opened. I think it was the cheaper one, the Chronicles or something.
0: Oh, the Chronicles?
1: Yeah. Um, but it was still fun. I mean, I oh, still had yeah. some pretty cool stuff in it. And um it's one of those that like kind of like you, I wasn't necessarily doing it for the value. I just I, I was joking with my girlfriend. I was like, oh, I need stock. You know, I need some inventory at the shop. Somebody's going to want a UFC card, you know. I didn't have a whole lot. But uh, so I was tearing it. And, like, even them Chronicles, like, they were neat-looking cards and for not necessarily doing it for the value or, you know, I haven't really looked any up. But there were still some pretty neat cards in there that I thought, like, heck, those are... Even in a dollar bin, like you know, there, there's some neat looking cards, yeah, you know.
0: absolutely. And it's something that I think uh, Panini, especially, is putting all their chips in to the UFC for the next couple of years because you know Panini's going to lose the rights to the NFL, the MLB, and uh, uh who else the NBA, so. And I've said that I said this a couple months ago that they're going to find a sport or two where they're going to put all their chips in. And I think the UFC signing this deal is not only is it great for for card collectors, but it's also great for the MMA market and people who have wanted to, you know, chase, let's say, a John Jones or an Adesanya card or something like that. Like I've wanted that in boxing for so long but because there are so many promoters and this and that, and nobody can set a deal together to get, you know, a set of, you know, good boxing cards. I mean, there's some leaf sets here or there, but nothing like a full, complete, you know, autograph set. Um, but I think this is a great for MMA fans and UFC fans. I mean, I have a uh, Amanda Nunez card that I'm banking on. She wins next weekend that uh, I'll turn and flip that one. I'm not, not even going to lie on that. <laughs>
1: But, and, and, but that's why, I, like, I mean, that's the stuff I like to do is, like, open stuff, get it, and then, I mean, I'm a kid at heart. Like, I open that stuff, and, like, oh, man, I get excited, like, when you do hit, like, you just, uh, Amanda Nunez, you're like, oh, sweet, you know? But, yeah, I'll sell it in a heartbeat, too. You know what I mean? Like, if she wins and that card goes through the roof, you got it out a pack, you know, or whatever, like, you know, or however you acquire it. It's like, yeah, I, that, that's the part of it. That's the excitement, like finding stuff in a tote, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was jumping around here like a kid, like my knee didn't even hurt. You know, I was running around here. Like if anybody would have seen me, it would have been like, you know, but I, that's the, that's the part of it. That chase of like finding something cool, hitting something cool having somebody and then collecting them and then watching that card like oh my gosh i bought this when it was a dollar now it's worth you know whatever i mean that's not the only reason why i collect but that's the excitement in it for me is like that
0: absolutely and like i can think of like when i was at the nationals i kept walking by this guy who had a tote full of john jones autographed ufc gloves and i kept looking at it He's like, uh, it was like 50 50 bucks for two gloves. And I was like, oh, that's, it's worth it. And then I just like walk back and walk around. I was like, yeah, I got to get it. I got to get it. So it was, uh, it's totally, it was totally worth it. Now let's, uh, we've talked about cards and a little bit on your collectibles. And I see a lot of baseballs and stuff in the background. What are you thinking of, sports collectibles are you thinking about doing just a variety of everything or do you have a set that you kind of want to go from maybe it's you know baseballs to you know baseball bats or footballs boxing gloves pretty much all of it i mean i've had um like
1: some game worn shoes signed you know what i mean like yeah um, gloves the mark coleman dolls i think he's probably seen those videos where i went and had him sign some of the numbered hall of fame dolls and stuff um like over here is like you and some nascar cars that i've somehow acquired you know that are signed so i have a little bit of everything um i had some people coming in talking about marbles like, what? And they're like, all oh, these collectible marbles. And I was like, are you talking about like the Kokomo marbles that were made here in Kokomo? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I've got some of those. And it blew their mind that I, you know, but it's like, some of it's like close to home. Like anything kind of here that I think somebody might want to stumble in and find, I've kind of got it. A lot of it's cards. A lot of it's autographs. Um, some of it's just eight by tens um, hand collected stuff. A lot of it certified i've got some bad you know just pretty much everything i mean most of it is sports related but like i said there's if it's got a collectible thing and if there's you know something that a little meat on the bone that i think that i could buy and somebody will think it's cooler than i did yeah i'm open to buy about anything there's I mean, uh,
0: we were like that when the pokemon craze started coming back i was like man i haven't thought or even talked about pokemon in like 20 years and now here i am at one o'clock in the morning doing my research on everything that's happened over the last year with pokemon and buying back into it
1: there's a couple i call them kids but they're they are kind of um i i doubt either one of them's 18 but they set up at that beach grove show and they always have like a lot of really good cards they started from selling off their Pokemon collection. Like their dad, I got to talking with him. It was weird. Like he seen my shirt or something, started talking about fights, and he works with Pat McPherson. So, um, you know, he's a cop. We got to talking, and he's like, yeah, my boys, I dropped them off here off and just kind of keep an eye on them throughout the show. But he said that I forget. I mean, it was like thousands and thousands of dollars that they had had in Pokemon that – He thought was just garbage, you know what I mean? And then when that market took off, they started digging it out, sold off a bunch of it, bought a bunch of stuff, sent it off to get graded like sports stuff. But that's how they started. The stuff that they bring to the show was selling off their Pokemon. I was like, dude, that's awesome! Like (laughs) now I got
0: to keep an eye out for Pokemon. Yeah, it's crazy how the market turns and and like we talked about earlier, like how not. You can't just like show up and think that you're gonna sell cards. Like you gotta kind of know where the market's pointed, what's hot, what's not, whether it be Pokemon or the the garbage pale kids or you know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, even though it's not, you know, one of the big three sports. Heck, I even started to having to get into soccer this year because soccer was so crazy expensive <laughs> and buying buying into that.
1: Yeah. And that, like some of it, like you see the little round disc, the crane disc that I always, you know, like that was something too that I thought once I seen it, I was like, other people are going to think these are cool. You know what I mean? But there's so many of those weird oddball sets, the weird oddball things that people were supposed to get rid of, throw away. And if, if you find out that like, one, it's collectible, two, you find people that collect it. You know, there's so much stuff out there, like the 62 post handcuts. you know, the baseball cards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People would put them in junk stores, antique stores. I'd find them. Well, then I met a guy at the Beach Grove show that that's what he PCs. And he dropped knowledge on me, you know, to let me know that, like, yeah, some of the lesser named guys are the ones that are most valuable because nobody kept them. You know what I mean? And they were on fewer boxes than Mickey Mantle. So, yeah, Mickey Mantle's worth a bunch of money. But Jerry Lempke, he's, number. you know, that's a... And so, once you, like, start finding out all the different collectible stuff, you don't have to know everything. You just got to know the guy that knows everything about that stuff. And Scott, the guy that sells the wrestling and all the stuff at Beach Grove, you know, I found stuff that I didn't know about. So I call Scott, you know, Hey, I found these wrestling cards. Are they worth anything at all? Yes. Buy every one of those. I'll give you five bucks a pack for them. I'm like, really? I was like, I thought they were junk, you know? And he's like, no, buy that, buy every one of those. So then I'm driving to Shelbyville and selling them, you know, so it's like a lot of that stuff, like the stuff that I don't know about and I'm ignorant on, I'm at least, smart enough to say I'm ignorant on that subject. So I'll find the guys that know that, you know, and if something comes in here and it looks different and I, if I don't know about it, I know the guy that does, you know, and I think that's one thing that's been beneficial to me is to where I'll admit when I don't know something, but I'll usually know a guy that does. And uh some of that stuff is making a huge comeback. Now the, the odd collectibles, oddball stuff's what I call it that everybody threw away, you know, it wasn't meant to be kept. So now guys want it.
0: So have you got to the point yet? Because once once people figure out, I say people in like the, the normal everyday life, when they figure out that, you know, you're into sports cards, how many people go, hey, man, I got this. Would you mind looking over my stuff and kind of tell me if it's worth anything? Because people come by to the gym and drop me off boxes and boxes of stuff and just like sure man i'll go through it and let you know if it's worth a dollar or two
1: right um i had a guy he's actually getting ready to fight uh this saturday he dropped off some stuff um and he's like you know and i was honest with him i even looked him up on beckett so he knew what the beckett you know that little middle price on beckett on the app where it says this is kind of what they go for and I try to base it on that lower end with people and tell them like, this is kind of what they go for. This is what it's worth. If you want to try selling it on marketplace or on Facebook, but this is what it's worth to me. And I'll buy all of it. And you even take the junk, you know, without cherry picking yeah. it and making you go home with, with this junk, you know, and you know how it is a lot of times without hurting people's feelings, it's junk. And, and, I try to be as nice as I can when I tell them that it was overproduced and that was the era where, you know, and I always try to find a couple cards worth a few dollars. So you're not, you know, crushing all their dreams, but like, you know, it happens a lot, but then I get stuff like what happened the other day where it's like, just give me whatever for these totes and they just are wanting to get rid of it because they're cleaning out a garage and they would take pretty much anything, you know, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, that's the good thing about being in this town and everybody knows what I do is I've had a lot of those where it's like, I've tried to give them money and they're like, Nope, just take it. Just get it out of here. We're just cleaning out the garage. I was like, well, there's probably some stuff in here with my, Nope, just take it. Okay. And then you get home. Sure. I'm like, oh, cool. Ken Griffey, yeah. junior rookie. That's awesome. You know what I mean? That's a good start, you know? So uh, I try to be fair with people, but then you've probably been there too, where people are just like, no, I'm just happy to get rid of it. Just take it. And
0: okay, I will I'll yeah, Hopefully, I, find some treasure. I had somebody come to the gym and say, well, Hey, uh, me and my son has these baseball cards and uh, he wants you to see if, you know, if any of them are worth any money. I said, sure, bring them over. Well, he comes to the gym and the truck bed is filled to the top with boxes and I'm trying to load these in my car and there's at least 50 boxes worth of stuff. And now I have them scattered all over my house and my wife is all pissed off about it. And I'm just going through each one of these cards, like junk, junk, junk. Well, this one might be worse. I'm going to look up this one later and just like it's hours and hours. But to me, that's so addictive and fun. That I just love the rush of like going through a collection, and be like, it's a Dwayne Wade rookie. Damn, that's maybe I can make an offer on that or something like uh, that. Tell them something like that. So to me, that's the rush I get when somebody asks me to go through their collection. I'm like, yeah, you might have a banger or, <laughs> you know, it might be the junk wax era product.
1: Uh, and I have a lot, like, I have guys that are pickers too that come up here um, and they're knowledgeable. You know what I mean? Like they kind of know, but they also know they don't want to set up an eBay store. They don't want to mess with it. They don't want to ship it. They're going somewhere getting this stuff cheap enough to where they'll sell it to me by the toe. And they're smart enough to put enough good stuff on top. But dude, I've pulled like pistol Pete Maravich rookie cards, the, the tall boy. I pulled that out of totes. You know wow. what I mean? Uh, Derek Jeter, the foil rookie card. I got that out of the same tote. Wow! So I mean, that's the high is like, you know, knowing there's some good stuff in there because there's always a little sprinkled. But then, you know, just being like, oh my gosh! Like they've I've had them where guys have called me and it's 1962 Hank Aaron and a 1962 Willie Mays along with a bunch of others and is in a Tupperware, and you know that like. They didn't collect these for money, you know. And I'm like trying to offer them anything just so I can get them out of that Tupperware, you know why? Because I mean? they were yeah. no top loaders, no penny sleep, just a bunch of like hundred dollar cards, two hundred dollar cards in a. Tupperware no lid on it and they're sending me pictures of this Tupperware and then moving it to the next card I just say oh I'll give you anything anything under the sun pretty much just to get them out of your hands before you destroy (laughs) this card but like so now I'm at a point where it's like that like people actively hunt junk that I might like and that's Mm -hmm. a good place to be
0: all right well a couple more questions before we wrap it up um the first question is if there was one card that you could have what card would you want whether it be PC or to resell like what is the card that you would love to have in your collection
1: I I would love to have a, a I have a satchel page but it was trimmed it's authentic it's real it was I knew it was trimmed when I purchased it the guy knew it was trimmed when he sold it to me every you know the transaction was on the up and up but i want a good one and like Mm -hmm. i bought that one because of you know uh, that's the one i could afford you know and so i would love to replace that one with like it doesn't have to be mint just a good one that i know wasn't altered to make it look good you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because somebody cut a little probably off the top and bottom it's the same width it's just so i think they thought it'd be oh we can sharpen these corners and you know host somebody but Like I said, I bought it knowing it was that way. Um, The guy that sold it to me knew it had been trimmed, so I, I wasn't burnt on the card, but like I said, I wouldn't mind replacing that one with just a really good one.
0: And then finally, who would be your athlete of choice if you were building a PC around? What is the one or who is the one athlete from any sport or any form of anything would you love to just build a PC around one person?
1: you like it, it doesn't have to be because of monetary, right? Just Correct. because of like,
0: just because you love it. Because like, I build a PC around uh, Chris Jones because he's my one of my best friends from high school, and he has a select a select and national treasure cards. Um, and even though I spend thousands and thousands of dollars on cards that are worth absolutely nothing, he's my brother, and I love him, so I, I just right. buy those cards of his.
1: Right. Uh, and I have some of like that, but like if it's like an like Bo Jackson would be somebody who like I always have more Bo Jackson shit that I need, you know. Martin McGuire, too, but Bo Jackson I just always looked up to him as a kid. You know, what I mean I was young enough to watch. I was a kid when he was playing, so like Bo Jackson is just in he left due to injury not because of some crazy scandal he didn't you know he didn't have any huge steroid scandals you know he just got hurt career ending you know so bo jackson somebody that like and now his stuff is starting to go up you know i mean but like that's somebody that like i i always at least have more of his junk than than anybody else's just because if i see it it's always cheap and i always just buy up as many you know as much bo jackson junk as i can
0: absolutely that's a great pc i love bo jackson cards whether it be you know the super rookie from tops even to even the newer stuff his autograph is awesome whether it's football or baseball bo jackson is very collectible there's a huge market for him and he's he's one of the great and I don't even want to say underrated because of how athletic the man was, but he's it was an, a short-lived career. He's an underrated. He's an underrated buy. And it, the funny part is, so in college, uh, my backup at Indiana State, the the linebacker right behind me, his dad is the one that tackled Bo Jackson that hurt his hip. And I actually have a couple cards signed by him. <laughs> so. <sighs> Uh, yeah, that's
1: that's a crazy uh, claim to fame. You know what I mean? I'm the guy that ended Bo Jackson's career. It's just like, it was uh, like like more of like Bo Jackson ended his career just by being so strong. He like ran out of his own hip. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, essentially like the it was the tackle, but it was also like his own strength. Like you know, what I mean, the muscle he was just, just like exploding through of, it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. he's somebody that just like as a kid, like I can remember when that happened. Like, I'm not gonna say I cried, but I can remember being upset, like when that happened. Like, when his when I knew that like he wasn't gonna come back from that, because like when he first got hit, you didn't know, you know what I mean? But then you knew pretty quick that, like, yeah, this dude's probably never gonna be the same athlete again after. Like, dude, I can remember being like kind of devastated because he had, it was uh, kind of like a Walter Payton. thing. Like, he didn't have a huge career to like, but he was great. I mean, you yeah. know, even some of like, you know, the amount of yards he put up and stuff, like for the amount of years that he played, that's pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah. An amazing player. One that, you know, everybody wishes had a longer career. You just felt like you wanted to see more. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't have enough. Right. So Mark, thanks again for, for joining us, uh, being on the podcast, spending an hour with us. Um, if you would please take the time to let people know where they can find your card shop, uh, where they can find you on social media and where they can watch the fights this weekend.
1: Yeah. The, um, Coliseum combat for the fights. It's, you know, that's our call letters on everything, Instagram, um, Facebook, and then the card shop easy enough is Slater sports cards and collectibles. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and then we're located at the brick-and-mortar shop. I'm just happy to say that. You know why we need to have one. But it's at a 150 South Reed Road in Kokomo, and it's Sweet A. It's uh, right next door to the Mose River Room. So you can go over there and get some good food, some jambalaya, have a drink, come over here, and get some ball cars. It's like a good setup.
0: Cool. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on. I hope to see you at the fights next weekend. Um, and then I hope to come up and stop by the card shop and uh, bring you a gift or two for Oh, just to
1: that. But yeah, you're always more than welcome, man, at the fights end up here.
0: All right, brother. Hopefully I see you next weekend. I appreciate it again. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Another great thank you, Mark Slater, for that uh, being on this podcast. Um, a great time. If you're in the Kokomo area, if you love, uh, mixed martial arts, Mark Slater puts on some of the greatest fights in Indiana. So you got to go check them out. Um, my buddy, Caleb Kruger, when are you fighting again, Caleb? That is absolutely probably never, but I do have six guys fighting February 12th. Um, down in Sullivan, Indiana that I am coaching. I am not going to fight again. I doubt my wife will let me, but Mark Slater, great promoter, great dude. Go check out his Facebook page, Slater Sports Cards and Collectibles. Follow him on Instagram, uh, Slater Sports Cards and Collectibles, and Coliseum Combat if you want to see some great fights. Um, go up there, see it, do it. Mark's a great dude. Got to thank our sponsors for uh, for allowing us to keep doing this podcast. You know, Slab Savers, protectyourslab.com. Use code DREAM3 to get 10% off your order. Go to Graded Card Solutions, gradedship.com. Use Dream 15 to get 15% off your order because when you're shipping cards, we never trust the UPS or the USPS or the United States Postal Service because they will break your cards and then you'll be paying somebody a refund. You don't want to do that. And if you want to sell your slab to raw cards, go to prospect.cards. That's www.prospect.cards. If you use referral code Dream 3, you're going to get 0% seller's fee for two months. Zero. eBay, it's 12 12 or 13. You're paying a lot. You're paying really a lot. And even after that two months, so when your 0% seller's fee is over, it's only like two or 3%. That's great. Use that. We don't want to get stuck with eBay prices. You don't want to be buying a car that you think is you know, 20 bucks and then you're paying 45 because you got to add the seller fees and tax on top of it. So go to prospect.cards. That's www.prospect.cards. Yes. Yeah that is a real website but yeah thanks to graded ship thanks to slab savers also nation golf if you love classic golf classic golf attire vis- visit nation golf company nation do- nationgolfco.com. adam hawk ryan engel great company out of san clemente california um a lot of great uh polos hats good golf stuff get ready for the golf season next year if you're in indiana like me Got to wait a couple months, but until next time, who knows? I think Neil will be back next weekend. He might be still on vacation. If I can get a uh, guest, we will have one. If not, you know, we might take a week off, but stay informed with us. Remember, you can follow me at Showtime Sports Cards on Instagram. You can follow the Dream 3 podcast on Facebook, the Dream 3 podcast on YouTube, the Dream 3 podcast on Spotify. Download it. We see the numbers, the numbers keep going up. And I thank everybody for downloading the Spotify, uh, downloads, uh, of the podcast and listening. Thank you. Um, we work really hard at it. It's just me and Neil out here grinding, doing this. Um, we're not getting paid or anything like that. We're just, you know, out there, make trying to make the card community and card hobby a better place. So until next time, everybody, thank you. And we will see you later. Peace.